Good day from Sydney, Australia. This is Radio Rotary. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Trebowasser speaking to you from the Rotary International Convention in Sydney, Australia. Join us for the next half hour as I speak to Rotarians from around the world about all the great things Rotary is doing to help humanity. And we'll be back after these important messages. This tree was never chopped down because this crutch never needed to be carved because these legs never grew weak because this child never got polio. Over the past 20 years, Rotary Club members have helped immunize over 2 billion children against polio. Now we are on the brink of eradicating this crippling disease once and for all. But we need your help. Thanks to an historic matching grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, every dollar Rotary raises will work twice as hard to make sure vaccines reach the people who need it, to protect the children of the world against polio forever. This is an opportunity to end polio now. Visit rotary.org slash end polio. Rotary. Humanity in motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Well, I'm delighted to welcome here to uh, the Radio Rotary Convention coverage here in Sydney, Australia, an Australian, one of the very wonderful people who have been so kind to us and so welcoming to everyone from around the world. It's Owen Bubbledick of the uh, Townsville Radio Rotary Club, right? Yep, that's right. For uh, someone from North Queensland, and the Rotary Club's the, uh, the Port of Towns of Rotary Club, who's uh, a sponsor of uh, our Rainbow House, which is the charity that uh, we're here today um, representing. What is our Rainbow House? So our Rainbow House was uh, was a dream by Alison Ray to educate. Um, I guess orphaned and vulnerable children in Zambia in a little village called Shyanda, um, which has about 26,000 people, of which World Vision have identified 7,500 children either homeless or, uh, or orphaned. And what are Rotarians doing to help these homeless children? So the Rotary Clubs help uh, us with our fundraising activities to run the school for the 45 children that we have there, uh, where we educate uh, them with uh, three local teachers that we employ, uh, three guards, a cook, and uh, so we provide the children two meals a day. So the Rotary Clubs help with our fundraising activities uh, for those uh, supporting that, uh, that course. How serious a problem is homelessness in Australia? Uh, in Australia, uh, homelessness is is a um, is a growing issue uh, that's become uh, um, yeah been recognised by uh, the political leaders in in Australia. That's for sure. Well, Rotarian Owen Bubbledake, if people want to know more about our Rainbow House, they have a website. How can they get in touch? We do. We have a a, a website which is www.ourrainbowhouse.com. Uh, .au, and uh, yeah, you're welcome to, to look at that, and uh, any sponsorship would be great. Uh, Owen, Rotarian Owen Bubbledyke of uh, Australia, thank you so much for everything you're doing to help homeless children, and thanks for joining us today on Radio Roadway. Uh, you're welcome. And thank you to you and all the Australians for being so hospitable to us. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. I'm delighted now to welcome to Radio Rotary Dr. Samar Das of uh, Guildford in England. And Dr. Das, you are an eye surgeon, and I understand you have a great program that with the Guildford Rotary to prevent blindness. Good morning. Good morning. What we do mainly is to train the surgeons in the host country so that they can do the operations 
at a better quality. We used the group study exchange for this twice and that 10 surgeons have been trained and they are working plus they are training the other surgeons every year so it multiplies the numbers of the surgeons. Also make sure that the host club and the host district spends their money wisely and effectively for with their DDF and cash which is one third of the cost of the equipment. Each equipment um, microscope costs $30,000, laser costs $30,000, and so they have to pay $10,000 for each of them. And the international club pays $10,000 each, and the foundation pays $10,000 each. So, so it's, a real, it's a real partnership, Doctor? Absolutely partnership. It's not a charity. It is total partnership. And we, the international clubs, visitors from all over the world, go and visit that and see how they are working. Now, Doctor, let me ask you, what countries are we supplying this kind of talent to? Uh, are these countries, underprivileged countries like your home uh, of India or Africa? Yes. We started in Calcutta, where I graduated from. And uh, we have been successful in all the towns and villages around Kolkata. And one, we have done one in Nigeria, in a place called Ochi, A-U-C-H-I, in Edo State, Nigeria, a thousand miles north of Lagos. And uh, the scheme is that the quality is so good that the private patients come for their operation and the profit pays for the poor patients' free operations. And so they're self-sustaining. Well, that's a great program. Uh, doctor, if people listening at home are interested or perhaps in finding out more about your wonderful program to prevent blindness, is there a website? Yes, it's the Guilford Rotary Eye Project.org.uk. So that's Guilford Rotary Eye Project.org.uk. Doctor Das, I have to ask you one more question. You're wearing a most impressive medal. What is that? That is the MBE, member of the British Empire. That was given to you by the Queen. That's right. Well, well-deserving, because what you're doing is a wonderful thing for people around the world to save their sight. Thank you very much. It is actually, the work is being done by the host clubs in the host countries. I am just the facilitator. <laughs> well, Doctor, thank you for everything you do to prevent blindness around the world. And thanks for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. It is a pleasure. Thank you. I'm joined now on Radio Rotary by a charming young lady by the name of Beth Phillipson from uh, Queensland University, I think it is. Correct, that's right, yes. And uh, Beth is part of something called Operation Brain Stimulation. Tell us all about that, Beth. What is it? Absolutely. So Operation Brain Stimulation is a program that's supported by the Rotary groups of McLean, Yamba, Aluka and Woomba. And what they've done is they've fundraised $75,000 for a PhD student to study at the University of Queensland at a centre called the Asia-Pacific Centre for Neuromodulation to complete their PhD over a period of three years. And uh, in layman's terms, all right, so I can understand, what is it that you're doing? Uh, you have a, 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 a mannequin laid out on a hospital gurney here, and it looks like something out of a Frankenstein movie with probes and electrodes. What's it all about? Well, I often feel like I'm working in a science, science fiction film doing this work, seriously. So our center researches a therapy called deep brain stimulation. And what it does is it, it places electrodes into different centres in the brain to treat movement disorders, most commonly Parkinson's disease, but also other disorders like Tourette syndrome and obsessive compulsive disorder. So these electrodes are placed in a specific spot in the brain and a lead comes out out of the brain and is put underneath the skin and it travels down the back of your head, down your neck and into a battery pack that's inserted under the skin in your chest. 
And so that battery pack controls the electrical signals that go through the leads into the electrodes and into your brain. And it stimulates those brain centres that are often degenerating during these diseases. So by stimulating it, it helps you to regain control of your movement, which is often lost in things like Parkinson's disease. Now, does it kick in on an unneeded basis or is there constant stimulation? Yeah, so it happens on sort of like a as-needs basis. So it has a remote control which can be used to set the parameters settings according to the patient's needs. And how much success have you had with this? It's, it's been a really successful treatment. Obviously, it's not for everyone, so it's um, recommended depending on the patient's situation. And what you see after it being done is about a 50 to 60% improvement in a patient's condition. What about epilepsy? Would this help something? Because I, I, my wife's uncle had epilepsy. It was just explained to me that there was a neurological disorder and uh, short-circuiting of all those things yeah, in the head that yeah, I don't understand. Right. No, you know, you're absolutely right. Epilepsy, deep brain simulation has been used for epilepsy. Um, my understanding is that it hasn't been quite as successful for um, the treatment of epilepsy as it has been for things like Parkinson's disease. But um, I think what's so exciting about the technology is that you know, opportunities for its use are just increasing as we learn more and more about the brain. Um, so, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder is quite a new neurological condition that it's being used for. So as the technology evolves, hopefully we'll see it being successfully for use for lots of other neurological conditions as well. Now, if people want to get more information about Operation uh, Brain Stimulation, is there a website or how would they get in contact? Yeah, so the best way is to um, look up on Google the Asia-Pacific Centre for Neuromodulation, which is run for the University of Queensland, and we've got lots of information about our research there. And, of course, you can contact us at apcn.inquiries at uq.edu.au. Well, Beth Philipson, thank you for everything you're doing to help uh, brain disorders and cure people. And thanks for joining us today on Radio Rotary. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you. I'm delighted to welcome to Radio Rotary here at the Rotary International Convention in Sydney, Australia, David Talbot. Uh, David is a Rotarian from Colorado, and he'll tell us the name of the club because it's way too long for me to remember. And he's involved with something called Crutches for Africa. But first, let's say good morning, David. Good morning. It's nice to see you. It's a pleasure to be here. So what's the name of your club? Mountain Foothills of Evergreen, Colorado. That's a, quite a mouthful. But anyway, what are Crutches for Africa? What's that all about? Crutches for Africa is an organization that is an independent organization, but is also the international organization of Mountain Foothills. And we collect mobility equipment, crutches, canes, walkers, wheelchairs, um, air casts, knee braces, anything that's mobility related. We ship it to developing countries and we give it away free. So, for example, if you twist your ankle skiing and, uh, you know, you have crutches for a while and then you end up in the attic, if they get them to you, they could be put back to use, right? That's exactly right. So, if there are folks at home who would like to provide you with some crutches or want more information about your program, uh, how would they get in touch with you? Do you have a website? Yes, we do. And, of course, that's www.crutchesforafrica.org. And it's always a number four, not the word. And how did you get involved in this? What, what gave you the idea for this? Well, it's, it starts out, I had polio myself and I'm on crutches, but I was working in Uganda on a documentary film for another nonprofit organization in 2005, and I saw a woman that was using a tree branch that had just recently been ripped off of the tree, the gnarly part, she had that up underneath her arm, her right leg her, was completely twisted around and her foot was against the, her back right shoulder. And I saw her hopping along struggling with this tree branch and that was the, the seed 
that germinated into Crutches for Africa. Well, David Talbot, give us that website once again in case people are interested for me, for, to get more information. Well, the simplest thing to do is just go into your search engine and type in Crutches for Africa. And again, that's the number four, Crutches for Africa. David Talbot, Rotarian from Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. And thanks for everything you're doing to help people around the world. You bet. My pleasure. And we'll be back with more of our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International 105th Annual Convention from Sydney, Australia, right after these important messages. Salisbury Bank and Trust offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess County, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, Salisbury Bank is your personal bank in your community. Making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Check us out at SalisburyBank.com. That's SalisburyBank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel. CPAPC is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. JGS is conveniently located on Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business. It's Philmont Rotary's 19th Annual Golf Tournament, Monday, July 21st at the Copike Country Club. Four-man captain and crew. 18 holes of golf followed by a delicious steak dinner. Putting contest and so much more. For more information or to obtain an application, call Jack Armstrong, 518-965-3554. That's 518-965-3554. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Trebowasser speaking to you from the Rotary International Convention in Sydney, Australia where we're going to be talking with Rotarians from around the world about all the great things Rotary is doing today. My next guest on Radio Rotary is David Sandow. He's the National Chairman of Prostate Cancer Foundation of Australia. David, hello and welcome to Radio Rotary. Yes, thank you very much. Nice to be here. So, for those who may not know, what exactly is prostate cancer? Well, prostate cancer is cancer of the prostate, and it's particularly... uh, important for us to get the message of awareness out there because uh, a lot of people uh, aged 50 are not having regular medical checks for their own health despite um, prostate cancer, irrespective of prostate cancer and uh, we encourage men aged 50 to go and talk to their doctor and talk about their health generally and then also have tests for prostate cancer which includes Uh, the PSA test, which is the normal blood test, and the digital rectal examination. And we say that um, men aged 40 with a family history uh, should do the same thing. So, for instance, in my case, I'm a survivor. I was diagnosed when I was 51. I'm 69 now. And we have a son aged 40, so he's going now to have his um, test because of the family history. So obviously it's very curable because you're very hale and hearty and here at the Rotary International Convention at Sydney, Australia. Uh, what is the cure rate of prostate cancer if it's caught in time? 
Well, there's a very good... Uh, if, if it's caught, it's like a lot of cancers. Early detection is key, and it's a, there's a very good uh, survival rate. Um, the unfortunate thing is um, we still haven't got um, a good handle on being able to identify an indolent or a slow-growing cancer and a, an aggressive cancer without a biopsy. And uh, that's what we're all working on. But, uh, yeah, there's a very good survival rate. In my case, 51. Here I am, 69, 18 years. I believe I'm a, you know, a, I've been cured. And you're doing a great service by convincing other men to go out and get that annual exam and have their blood tested. Do we know what causes prostate cancer? Is it environmental? Is it diet? Is it uh, heredity or a little of all of it? All of the above, I'd say. Um, there's no definitive uh, message on exactly what causes prostate cancer, but what we encourage people to do, based on the evidence available, is that... Uh, have a, an active uh, lifestyle, uh, eat and drink in, in moderation and, uh, and, and keep, keep fit. Uh, and really uh, the, the suggestion is uh, that it is, uh, well it's obviously hereditary uh, aspects have uh, got something to do with it and also our lifestyle. For instance, Japanese men uh, don't have the same rate of uh, prostate cancer as we do. It's an unfortunate statistics that I have to uh, report to you that Australia and New Zealand men, Australian and New Zealand men, have the highest rate of prostate cancer in the world, not far behind uh, you people in America. Any idea why? Well, I think we uh, we have a pretty uh, solid lifestyle, and uh, that that must contribute. It's not all that beer you're drinking, or as they say, beer. Uh, no, uh, everything in moderation. Uh, <laughs> when we're out with uh, urologists, uh, one of the hints I can give you is uh, mostly um, when they're off duty, uh, they drink red wine. So whether that's a hint or not, I'm not sure. Well, uh, David Sandow, National Chair of the Prostate Cancer Foundation of Australia, and a a survivor of prostate cancer himself. If people want more information about this, are there websites you can point them in the direction of? Yes, there's some very good websites uh, in America. Um, There's the US2 websites, there's the Prostate Cancer Foundation over there, and uh, there is the Prostate Net, uh, which are good websites. And also for our gay and bisexual uh, colleagues and friends, uh, there is a very good website that uh, is based in New York called Male Care. And uh, Male Care and PCFA uh, do a lot uh, together in close collaboration because uh, our gay and bisexual uh, men have um, ha- do have different requirements uh, and special needs. So. David Sandell, uh, National Chair of the Prostate Cancer Foundation of Australia, thank you for everything you're doing to raise awareness for prostate cancer and thank you for joining us today on Radio Rotary. I'm honoured and delighted to have with me on Radio Rotary Dr. Albert Randall, a uh, physician from the Norcole Eastvale California Rotary Club and he's involved with something called Project Peanut Butter. Good morning doctor, welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning. So tell us, what is Project Peanut Butter all about? Hey, Project Peanut Butter is about uh, a sustainability program to help solve the uh, issues with severe acute malnutrition. Uh, severe acute malnutrition is uh, in undeveloped countries, particularly Africa, uh, that the kids are succumbing to uh, 
protein malnutrition. Uh, prior to about 10 years ago when a doctor, Murray from St. Louis, invented a product called ready-to-use therapeutic food, the, pro the uh, process was a uh, dairy-based product that was uh, administered to the kids, and it had only about a 25% cure rate. With the ready-to-use therapeutic food, there is about a 95% uh, cure rate. Now, what uh, we're doing from a rotary standpoint, joining with UNICEF and World Health Organization, we're trying to develop uh, startup funds uh, to uh, initiate projects in-country that will, uh, sustainable projects that will train the people in-country, both in terms of uh, manufacturing, uh, they process peanut butter uh, product, and also uh, to administer the community-based uh, therapeutic program for the kids themselves uh, in-country. And um, with the uh, manufacturing, uh, uh, in conjunction with World Health Organization, we actually train the people how to, uh, to create and run a food manufacturing processing factory. Now the beauty of this is that peanuts are indigenous to uh, Sierra Leone. So heretofore, uh, UNICEF, uh, World Health Organization, purchasing the products from uh, Western countries like the U.S. and France, and at a high cost, taking it and donating it uh, in uh, countries like Sierra Leone, Malawi, uh, and Ghana, etc. Uh, now with the, uh, this product, uh, in Sierra Leone, for example, just visited recently, they produce 25% of their requirements, still purchasing some from uh, uh, UNICEF. Um, but with that process, uh, they are expected to go to 100% of their own requirements and then expand economically uh, development in countries, even including the acreage of uh, ground nuts, as they call it there, uh, that they grow and they process in countries. So the sustainability aspect here is that they, they come uh, pretty much uh, self-sustaining and, and treating this particular uh, community based treatment, uh, which is a medical treatment really for uh, se severe acute malnutrition. And besides feeding these people, mm -hmm. you're giving them the, the pride of self-sufficiency. That's terrific. Absolutely. Absolutely. So folks at home who are listening want to know more about Project Peanut Butter, is there a website or how would they find out about it? Okay. You can find out about it by um, our website is uh, info at projectpeanutbutter.org. Oh, that's the email, and the website is projectpeanutbutter.org. So it's projectpeanutbutter, as if it was one word, mm. .org. That's terrific. Dr. Albert Randall of uh, Norcor Evesvale California Rotary Club, thank you so much for everything you're doing to feed the hungry around the world and give them self-sufficiency, and thanks for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. All right, and thank you so much. I'm glad now to welcome to Radio Rotary Ron Seddon of Port Moresby, Papua New Guinea, and he's involved with uh, the fight against malaria. Ron, good morning, and welcome to Radio Rotary. Yeah, good morning, John. Glad to be uh, to meet with you. Hey. Same here. Now, um, explain to our listening audience what exactly is malaria. Okay, malaria is a disease that's passed uh, from person to person uh, from the parasites of a female Anopheles mosquito. Uh, it's only the females that bite, and they only bite at night. And so one mosquito bites somebody, they then go and bite somebody else, and so the malaria disease is spread uh, right throughout the whole country. 
And what are the symptoms of malaria? Is it can it be fatal? Oh yeah, it can be yeah, very fatal. You need to have got treatment certainly within about ten days, absolutely maximum. But the treatment start off, it's very you're feverish, you're hot, you're cold, your joints ache, and as it progresses, uh, you lose more, you lose more and more control of uh, of your of your body. So you really need to get treatment. And what are Rotarians doing um, to prevent and uh, malaria around the world? Well, Rotarians, um, we're doing a lot of programs around the world. In Papua New Guinea, we're doing the distribution of insecticide-treated mosquito nets. And since our program started, uh, this, our current round started in 2009, we've distributed about 6.5 million mosquito nets. And we've managed to reduce the malaria morbidity and mortality by more than 70% in that time. Well, that's a tremendous accomplishment. If folks at home would like to learn more about your Fight Against Malaria Zero website, or how would they find out about that? Yep, you can go on to um, www.ram.com.pg. It's very important to put the PG at the end of it for Papua New Guinea. Give us that website once again, please, for us. www.ram.com.pg. Well, Ron Seddon of uh, Fort Moresby, Papua New Guinea, thank you for everything you're doing to prevent malaria from claiming more victims, and thanks for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. Not a problem, Jonah. Always happy to spread the word. Well, I hope you have enjoyed listening to our special coverage of the Rotary International Convention from Sydney, Australia. My thanks to our engineer, Jay Verzi, for the superb editing job. My thanks also to the media representatives from Rotary International, Vivian Fiore and Elizabeth Minnelli, for all of their help. And thanks most of all, ladies and gentlemen, to you for tuning in to Radio Rotary every week at this same time. Till next week, this is Jonah Trebois saying so long from Sydney, Australia. Hudson Valley Rotarians invite you to support Shelterbox USA as they provide disaster relief aid for victims around the world. Shelterbox disaster response teams are on site assessing people's needs and ensuring that your invaluable support goes directly to those who need it most. For more information and to donate, go to shelterboxusa.org. That's Shelterbox. USA.org.